0: I'm reading from the gospel according to St. John, the 20th chapter, beginning at verse 30. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. Of all the Gospels, perhaps the Gospel of John is the most frequently quoted. I suppose the most memorized verse in all of Scripture is John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. A verse which has been called the Gospel in a nutshell. We are lost in sin, in danger of perishing eternally. But God loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son into the world to die on the cross in our place. For that was the only way that we could have been granted the gift of everlasting life. This verse and the rest of the gospel of John proclaim repeatedly that this gift of eternal life comes to us simply by believing in Jesus Christ. Sadly, most people in the world do not believe in Jesus. Nor do they know what it even means to believe in Him. As I was watching the funeral service of Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh, and saw inside that beautiful chapel, I thought of all the grand cathedrals scattered across Britain. But almost no one in Britain believes in the Lord Jesus Christ, even in the place that once would have been called Christian England. But it has always been difficult to believe in Jesus. And it was for that reason that the gospel of John was written. In some gospels, we wonder what might have been the overall purpose of the writing of that gospel. But in the gospel of John, there's no doubt. John tells us very plainly in our text, and many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written, that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ the son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. So as we go through this gospel, we must keep this passage of scripture in mind. Everything that is written here was given to us that we might have faith in Jesus Christ. All the teachings that come from the lips of our Lord in this gospel were recorded so that we might believe in him. Even the miracles that he performed were done so that we might have faith. The miracles in the gospel of John are called signs. In our text, you will notice that John says, and many other signs truly did Jesus. A sign is an action that points beyond itself to a great truth. When Jesus healed someone, the miracle was a sign that teaches us something about himself. Some people were excited by these miracles that Jesus was doing. A man named Nicodemus was extremely impressed by these miracles, and he realized that these were signs. But Nicodemus did not really know what the signs revealed. Nicodemus said, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. For Nicodemus, these miracles simply meant that Jesus was a great teacher sent from God. Moses was a teacher. Sent from God, and he did great signs, great miracles. Elijah and Elisha were great teachers and prophets sent from God, and the proof that they were sent from God was that they could do these great miracles. So, for Nicodemus, these signs performed by Jesus were great signs confirming that he was a teacher sent from God. And some people still see Jesus as nothing more than a great teacher. They see Jesus. As someone in a long line of philosophers or teachers, they see Jesus as another Buddha, a Socrates, a Plato, a Confucius. If people say that they believe in Jesus, some mean that they believe that he was merely a man who left us some good religious, philosophical, or ethical principles to live by. But John's gospel is written to tell us that he was more than just a great teacher. Our text tells us. That this gospel has been written that we might believe that Jesus is the Christ, that is the Messiah for whom the Jews had long been waiting. As you know, Jesus came into the world, proclaimed that he was the Messiah, but most Jews rejected his claims. How could this carpenter's son have been the Messiah? How could a man who died on the cross as a criminal and blasphemer have been the Christ? As Saint Paul writes, but we preached Christ crucified. Unto the Jews, a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks, foolishness. One of the primary reasons the Jews rejected Jesus was because he had been crucified. But John will point out that this very crucifixion was one of the proofs that Jesus was the Messiah foretold by the prophets. John seems to be focused on this one great truth. Jesus is the Messiah for whom the Jews have been waiting. It is interesting that in Matthew's gospel, we must wait until Matthew sixteen sixteen for Peter's great confession. Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. But in John's gospel, the fact that he is the Messiah is emphasized from the beginning. Andrew meets with Jesus and he immediately knows that Jesus is the Messiah. We read one of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother, Simon, and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. Philip knows immediately that Jesus is the Messiah. The day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee and findeth Philip and saith unto him, follow me. Now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip findeth Nathaniel and saith unto him, we have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write jesus of nazareth the son of joseph jesus reveals to the woman at the well that he is the messiah we read in john chapter 4 the woman saith unto him i know that messiahs cometh which is called christ when he is come he will tell us all things jesus saith unto her i that speak unto thee am he and upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou, or why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pot, and went her way into the city, and saith to the men, Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Jesus tells the woman at the well that he is the Messiah, and she goes and tells the people of Samaria that Jesus must be the Messiah. Then after they have talked with Jesus, the men of Samaria tell the woman, now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves and know that this is indeed the Christ, the savior of the world. It's obvious that John from the outset is making plain to his readers that Jesus is the Jewish Messiah. Some scholars have speculated that John wrote his gospel at a time when Christians and Jews were still going to the synagogue together, And it may have been that these debates were going on within the synagogues about whether Jesus was the Messiah. And John was writing his gospel to show them that Jesus was indeed the one who had been foretold by the prophets. That may explain why there's so much talk in John's gospel about being put out of the synagogue. We read, for example, in John 9, for the Jews had agreed already, that if any man did confess that he was Christ, the Messiah, he should be put out of the synagogue. Notice that it was this truth, that Jesus was the Messiah, which caused the Jews to cast people out of the synagogue, in effect, excommunicating them. In John twelve forty two, we read, Nevertheless, among the chief rulers, also, many believed on him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. Then Jesus told his disciples just before his death, they shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. It may be that John has Jews primarily in mind when he writes his gospel, demonstrating from the Old Testament scriptures and by his miracles that Jesus was the Messiah. But John's gospel was designed to do more than demonstrate that Jesus was the Messiah. John's purpose is to reveal that Jesus is the son of God. In our text, John says, but these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God. John the Baptist says early on in this gospel, and I saw and bear record that this is the son of God. Nathaniel says, rabbi. Thou art the Son of God. Thou art the King of Israel. And Jesus declares himself to be the Son of God. After he had healed the man blind from birth, we read of Jesus' encounter with this man whom he had healed. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Jesus does not say that the man should not worship him. He receives his worship, for he is the divine Son of God. Jesus is the Son of God, but he is the Son of God in a unique way. We're all children of God in the sense that God created us. Christians are children of God in a way the rest of the people in the world are not. John writes, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. We become the children of God by believing in Jesus Christ. But Jesus is the eternally begotten son of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, we become sons of god by faith in christ but jesus is the unique son of god for he was eternally begotten of his father like his father the son of god had no beginning jesus existed in the eternal ages before he came into the world so that on the night he was betrayed he prayed and now o father glorify thou me with thine own self with the glory which i had with thee before the world was Jesus shared the eternal glory of God without beginning or end. Since he had existed from all eternity past, Jesus could speak of himself as having come into the world. No other person could say he came into the world. We had no existence before our conception and birth, but Jesus could say, for I came down from heaven, not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. Since Jesus is the son of God, He is the perfect revelation of who God is. If you want to know who God is, if you want to know what God is like, you look at the Son of God, for he is the perfect image of his Father. Jesus could say, I and my Father are one. The writer to the Hebrews says, God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. Notice how the writer to the Hebrew says that Jesus is the Son of God and also that He is the express image, or as one translation has it, the exact imprint of the very nature of God Himself. Therefore, to reject Jesus is to reject God. There's no such thing as believing in God, but not believing in Jesus. Jesus told Philip, he that hath seen me hath seen the Father. No one can say that God is his Father if they have not believed in Jesus, his Son. Jesus said clearly, he that believeth on me believeth not on me, but on him that sent me. And he that seeth me seeth him that sent me. I am come a light into the world that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. And if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not. For I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. How much plainer can it be? If you reject Jesus, you are rejecting both God and the word of God. So John writes his gospel, not only that we might believe that Jesus is the son of God, but that we might believe in God himself. For Jesus, his son, is God's perfect revelation of himself. But John not only writes so that we might believe that Jesus is the Messiah, and not only that we might believe that Jesus is the son of God, but also that we might believe that Jesus is God. When John begins his gospel, he begins with this beautiful, deeply theological statement that Jesus is the word. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Then we find that this word is a person. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. This word is not some kind of abstract concept of reason or principle, but a person. And this word, this person that was in the beginning with God, this person that was God, becomes flesh. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth. Here we have the miracle of the incarnation. The word becomes flesh. God becomes man. Jesus is more than just the perfect revelation of God. He is the perfect revelation of God because he is God. One of the reasons the Jews hated him so much was that he claimed to be God. Jesus once told them, before Abraham was, I am. Jesus claims to be the great I am the I am that appeared to Moses at the burning bush When Moses asked God his name God simply said I am I am the eternal one the one who was and is and is to come the eternally existent one I am He is the one who has existed from all eternity past the I am and Jesus claims that title for himself After Jesus said these words, the Jews took up stones to kill him because in their view, he had committed blasphemy. And if he is not the eternal God, he had indeed committed blasphemy. For only God has the right to refer to himself as I am. All that Jesus taught, all that Jesus did prove that he is the eternal God. Finally, after the resurrection, one of his disciples, oddly enough, the one we call Doubting Thomas, sees this truth more clearly than anyone had up until that moment. When Jesus tells Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing, Thomas replies, My Lord and my God. John chapter 1 and John chapter 20 are like bookends of this great gospel. It begins with the declaration that Jesus is God, and it ends in the same way. The gospel of John was written so that we might believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, God himself, God in the flesh. And now let me ask you, have you believed in Jesus? I'm not asking you if you believe in Jesus, the great teacher. I'm asking you if you believe that he is the Messiah, the son of God, the eternal God, God in the flesh. If you do not, then you will perish eternally. This eternal God came in the flesh so that he could die on a cruel Roman cross for your sins, to offer himself in your place as your sacrifice. Repent of your sins and believe in him. If you do not, then Jesus said, ye are from beneath. I am from above, ye are of this world, I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you, that ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. If you do not believe in Jesus, you will stand guilty before God, unforgiven, only to perish eternally. But if you believe in him, you will have life. John says that he wrote his gospel so that you might believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, so that through believing, you might have life in his name. Jesus came to give you life, real life. If you do not believe in Jesus, you are not really living, you are just existing. To be really alive, you must have the life of God in you. If you do not know Christ, the scriptures say that you are spiritually dead. But when Christ comes into your life, you will live. You will have union and fellowship with God. You will be made a child of God. You will be given that abundant eternal life that Jesus promises to all who come to him. God will be your father. He will be with you throughout your life to comfort and guide you as a loving father. You will know his eternal love if Jesus knew it. Then after this life, you will enjoy fellowship with the father and the son eternally. John's gospel was written and this sermon has been preached so that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. Amen.